Section 1 of the National Geographic Magazine, Volume 7, December 1896. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Geography of the Southern Peninsula of the United States by the Reverend John M. McGonigal the study of the geography of the southern peninsula of the united states began about four hundred years ago although the great admiral had not found the mainland of the western hemisphere he had planted the standard of spain on its adjacent islands and his reports had kindled the spirit of adventure and awakened the hope of greater discoveries in nineteen forty eight an expedition led by pinzon and solis entered the gulf of mexico and made the harbour of tampico sailing thence around the whole of the gulf coast circumnavigating the southern peninsula and journeying northward as far perhaps as the capes of chesapeake bay of this successful voyage ledesma and americus vespucius were the pilots and it was doubtless from their charts that the first map of the peninsula was made this map was made in portugal by someone unknown for alberto cantino who carried it to italy to the duke of ferrara in the autumn of fifteen o two the original may now be seen in modena where it has been since eighteen eighty six one recognizes at a glance its singular correctness at least as to its general outlines it shows the deep indentations of the west coast and hints at the characteristic lagoon on the east without much difficulty and with reasonable certainty we can make some identifications the river of the palms is the apalachicola the cape of the end of april is the southern point of the peninsula the river of the canoes is the matanzas and the river of the alligators the st john's both this and the tabula terra nove of fifteen o eight were supposed to exhibit the new world and therefore to include in florida the whole of north america how widely they were published we do not know but they doubtless aided greatly in the conduct of subsequent expeditions added to the other impulses toward discovery which marked the twilight of the fifteenth century the love of life contributed its strong motives in a book which might have been dedicated to ananias john mandeville told of a fountain in eastern asia of which he and his fellow-travellers had drunk freely and ever since had known new life instinct with the strength and joy of youth to find this fountain of youth became a new quest of the voyager from puerto rico in the island of hispaniola juan ponce de leon set sail in march fifteen twelve from the folklore of the natives of hispaniola he had learned that the fabled fountain would be found in bimini a little island of the bahama group he had authority from the king to conquer bimini his course however led him too far to the westward and on march twenty seventh the white sands of the southern peninsula came in sight it was pasqua florida or easter sunday and the new land was named florida terra florida it has been ever since not only because ponce de leon reached it on pasqua florida but because it is a land of flowers on april second ponce de leon landed at about thirty degrees north but sailed away again immediately making his way around the peninsula to latitude twenty seven degrees thirty minutes whence he sailed home in fifteen twenty one he returned to colonize his territory the indians met him with savage resistance and instead of the fountain of perpetual youth he found defeat receiving an arrow wound which resulted in a lingering illness and his death in cuba 
the portion of the state of florida to be considered in this article lies between longitude three degrees and six degrees thirty minutes west of washington and between twenty four degrees thirty minutes and thirty degrees north latitude it has the atlantic ocean on the east the gulf of mexico on the west and the strait of florida on the south close to its eastern shore is the gulf stream in many places not more than two miles distant the geology of florida presents no grave or complicated problems lying immediately beneath the surface is a limestone which persists through the entire length of the state this doubtless belongs to the eocene system the limestone which forms the crest of a fold known as the ridge is very permeable by water it is characterized by enormous sinkholes and subterranean streams it forms the beds of the middle rivers and of the countless lakes lying to the west of this limestone ridge are those marvelous deposits of phosphates which are found along the west coast of the peninsula east of the ridge and more especially where it approaches the atlantic we find the coquina beds of sand and shells which with varying structure form the barrier between the sea and great coastal lagoon the peninsula naturally separates into three divisions the middle portion which comprises the beautiful lake region the west coast which slopes away from the high ridge to the gulf of mexico and the east coast whose sandy levels are protected from the atlantic by the great coquina atoll extending from the mouth of the st john's river to the shores of lake worth each of these divisions differs wholly from the others presenting conditions and characteristics peculiar to itself middle florida is a broad ridge which reaches at places an elevation of nearly two hundred and fifty feet the soil is for the most part sandy but like that of the state in general it contains a sufficient quantity of phosphate to render it fertile forests of pine are everywhere here and there a cypress swamp varies the scene and now and then a palmetto hammock suggests the approach of the tropics it is in this division the lake region is found dotting the landscape like jewels of crystal in a field of green are numberless lakes varying in size from a gem-like lakelet to the broad expanse of okeechobee within a radius of five miles from winter haven one hundred have been counted and within seven miles of orlando there are known to be one hundred and fifty with gainesville as its northern limit and including lake okeechobee on the south this region contains at a conservative estimate at least thirty thousand of these lakes and lakelets they are not as many imagine the result of surface drainage or the reservoirs of sluggish streams many of them find their chief supply in the hidden sources of the great limestone which forms their beds and some of them are connected by subterranean channels it has frequently been observed that the fall of one means the rise of another in some cases the water has disappeared entirely for a long period only to return again sometimes quite unexpectedly their waters are pure and they abound in fish clustered around them are the homes of thousands of people who have been driven south by diseases of the throat and lungs the pine forests the dry soil the elevation above the not distant coast the soft air and the healing sunshine ensure almost entire immunity from pulmonary affections it is in this region that many of the great springs of florida are found the famous silver spring lies just on the edge of the middle belt de leon spring fabled as youth's fountain and the strange blue spring with its ultramarine waters are the most notable of these whims of nature the west coast region slopes gently away from the middle ridge until it touches the gulf 
it is traversed by rivers whose beauty it is impossible to describe rising in swamps and morasses they make their way by countless windings to the gulf overhead the trees twine their branches into one unbroken canopy shutting out the sunlight on the banks are lands of great fertility devoted in some cases to grazing and in others to gardens whose early products reach the north while that region is still enveloped in ice and snow the far-famed suwanee river rises in the edge of the okifanoki swamp in georgia and after a course of two hundred and forty miles empties into the gulf the withlacoochee takes its rise just west of kissimmee and after almost losing itself in the spread of its waters eventually reaches the gulf in withlacoochee bay the Kalusahatchee has its headwaters in the secret recesses of the okulukuchi slough and as it approaches the coast it widens into a majestic stream through the drainage canal of the distant company it is connected with lake flirt lake hikpochi and lake okeechobee a voyage unique in every circumstance may be made by steamer from punta rasa following the river the lakes or the canal as far inland as kissimmee where one sees the spreading cane fields redeemed by drainage at st cloud along the brinks and in the beds of these streams are found one of florida's chief sources of wealth the great phosphate deposits these deposits furnish the purest form of phosphate of lime found in nature a fact especially significant of the manner in which the minerals of the west coast have in general been deposited hundreds of thousands of tons are taken annually to tampa punta gorda and fernandina to be forwarded to foreign ports or american manufactories for conversion into commercial fertilizers there are also here enormous bodies of sedimentary limestone fuller's earth and kaolin all of unusual purity due to the peculiar conditions of their deposition the gulf coast is indented by many bays these bays from suwanee to sanibel are dotted with tropical islands and are bounded on the one side by the coasts of unfailing verdure and on the other by the blue waters of the gulf chief of these are the tampa bay and charlotte harbour the terminals of two great railway systems here one may take the steamer for the west indies or south america or choosing a smaller craft find endless summer he may go with the sponger who plies his trade on the great sponge reefs in the gulf may ply the open waters for the silver king of the sea the tarpon or may find in the interior whatever his heart desires in the chase for deer and bear or in that supreme idleness to which the climate induces dividing the middle region of the lakes from the east coast is st john's river this river enters the atlantic at mayport in a broad open sweep of water running parallel with the atlantic coast it is navigable southward as far as sanford at some points narrow and crooked it elsewhere widens into sheets like lake george five miles wide and fifteen miles long never more than thirty miles from the ocean its headwaters are not ten miles from the great lagoon in halpatioke swamp a saw-grass region not unlike the everglades the scenery of this great river changes continually banks that are green with cypress and fragrant with magnolia and honeysuckle give place to orange groves and gardens or widen out into a prairie fringed with low palmettos over whose tops high pines appear the chief tributary of the st john's is the oklawaha whose windings through intricate masses of vegetation by-floating islands and bayous haunted by alligators afford a voyage of rare beauty the east coast proper is formed by the coquina ledge which is found all the way from anastasia island to the southern limit of palm beach this ledge for varying distance along its western border encloses the great lagoon this lagoon is known by various names 
in its extreme northern development it is the north river then the matanzas here the ledge shuts off the sea until it reaches smith's and malacompra creeks beyond this the estuary has its own way forming the hillsborough halifax banana indian and jupiter rivers and lake worth the southern end of the lagoon is in lake worth unless it should hereafter be discovered that the coquina ledge continues to cape florida in which case boca raton new river inlet and dumfoundling bay will be included the lagoon is sometimes a broad deep stream sometimes a shallow bayou or lake of brackish water it is flanked on either side by the characteristic belts of the coast first comes the white sand beach which is succeeded by sand dunes covered with beach grass sea oats wild morning glory and saw palmetto changing to red bays and cedars this is often succeeded by a half hammock of tall trees and vines inside the lagoon is the very fertile belt of the high hammock composed mostly of oyster shells and fringed on its western end with pine following this is the low hammock of deep black exhaustless soil the growths of which are picturesque and tropical and last the yellow pine or flat woods where the negro and the cracker find their homes between the arms of the lagoon a channel sixty feet wide and six feet deep has recently been dredged with the result that one will be able this winter to enter the lagoon at st augustine in a naphtha launch or houseboat and sail all the way to bay biscayne leaving st augustine with its old spanish streets and frowning fortress of san marco the voyage lies through leafy alleys of verdurous valleys to ormond on the halifax further south lie daytona and new smyrna the site of old indigo and cane fields english failure and menorcan misfortune next come canaveral light and at length the broad pineapple fields of the indian river then the narrows of the indian and jupiter rivers to jupiter light a canal passes into lake worth where nature and art have combined to produce tropical conditions thence it extends to new river and by succeeding reach of river and creek and canal into bay biscayne thence south through bay biscayne inside the keys or outside the keys through hawk channel to key west the products of the peninsula are so well known that i give them but a passing notice the orange was for many years the chief object of labor and culture in eighteen ninety three to ninety four the crop reached the enormous output of five million five hundred thousand boxes then the frost killed to the root ninety per cent of the trees sixty per cent of these grew again from the roots and some will bear this year three years hence the crop will probably aggregate five million boxes a country of one crop however is like a man with a pet virtue of doubtful character and florida has learned the lesson of the freeze to good effect next to the orange is the pineapple of which this year probably eighty thousand crates have been shipped added to these everything in the nature of fruit or vegetable that the temperate zone produces may be found ripening in our gardens for shipment to the north while the farms and gardens and orchards of that region are yet deep in the sleep of winter the climate of the peninsula presents so many phases that only an exhaustive study can do it justice the chief interest however centers in its winter conditions the disposition to escape from the rigors of the northern winter is gradually increasing and the number of people able to do so is likewise on the increase such meagre details as it is practicable to introduce into this article but poorly express the actual experience at tampa during december eighteen ninety five and january and february eighteen ninety six the following observations were made maximum for the period observed eighty degrees minimum thirty two degrees mean fifty nine degrees greatest daily range thirty two degrees 
average number of clear days per month twelve of partly cloudy twelve of cloudy six at jacksonville for the same period maximum eighty degrees minimum twenty four degrees mean fifty five degrees greatest daily range forty one degrees clear days fifteen partly cloudy nine cloudy six at jupiter for the same period maximum eighty three degrees minimum thirty seven degrees mean sixty three degrees greatest daily range twenty four degrees clear days eight partly cloudy thirteen and cloudy nine these figures show that the climate becomes more equable as you go southward this is equally true of the coasts and of the interior the winter climate of the lake region being of great equability for all varieties of pulmonary disease the middle region is a genial sanitarium the east coast particularly affords relief for all forms of what is called americanitis or nerve exhaustion that the climate is eminently suited either for rest or for increased mental activity and labor i can bear personal testimony it is the climate par excellence for the student in march eighteen ninety two mr james e ingram conceived the idea of and at once proceeded to organize an expedition for the exploration of the everglades the expedition experienced the greatest hardships but its object was accomplished and it is chiefly to its records that i am indebted for the following description the everglades consist of two great basins lying between lake okeechobee and the extreme southern point of the peninsula the floor and rim of these basins are formed of a limestone which is doubtless a continuation of the rock composing the central ridge or backbone of the state on the edges or rim where the rock is exposed it presents a very singular appearance here it is weathered and water-worn into the peculiar shapes which gave rise to the early opinion that florida was of coralline formation the pressure of the floods of water pouring over the sides or through the edges of this rim has worn away the softer portions of the rock leaving the harder substance to present a somewhat coral-like structure the colour varies from cream to dark brown owing to the black water so called which issues from the glades this rock not only persists throughout the glades as far as explored but seems also to be present in the river beds to the south through which the water of the glades finds an outlet to the north the water empties into lake okeechobee to the west south and east it flows through various rivers into the atlantic and the gulf the evident elevation of the area above the east west and south coasts precludes the idea of drainage from surrounding areas and we must look elsewhere for the sources of the water these i think are found in part in precipitation and in part in subterranean streams or springs the rainfall over this vast area of three million acres must be very great but when we remember that all the creeks and rivers lead out of and not into the glades the rainfall which possibly approximates an average of ten inches per month during the months of june july and august is not sufficient from what we know as to the subterranean relations between the lakes in the lake region from the well-known conditions of silver blue and de leon springs as well as from data acquired by drilling for artesian water it is reasonable to infer that the volume of water due to precipitation is materially increased by an underground supply as some justification of this assumption i may mention a spring which has its issue from the rocky rim just below the falls of the miami river over the rocky ledge the dark brown water of the glade pours itself in a turbulent flood into the rapids of the miami 
but only a little distance below the falls and exposed to view during the period of low water in the glade the clear and uncoloured volume of a huge spring gives itself up to the sunshine the quality of the water is entirely different from that of the glades and as far as i have been able to observe is unsurpassed in purity approaching the glades from either east or west the water gradually deepens the rock forming the floor of the basin receding toward the middle at the rate of about eight point six inches to the mile in the valley thus formed running north and south the rock is about fifteen feet below the surface it is traceable directly across the glade leaving no manner of doubt as to its persistence immediately over the rock is deposited the result of ages of decayed vegetation forming a soft peat or muck the depth of which varies from a few inches to five feet it is everywhere present over the floor of the great basins and if ever drained will afford a soil of incalculable richness and fertility for miles east and west from the valley of the basin and north and south through its length there stretches an almost impassable prairie of saw grass this saw grass rooted in the muck grows to enormous size and in many instances resembles a bamboo pole of the size of an ordinary fishing rod with a continuous barbed wire covering on three sides of the grass grow teeth of singular sharpness sometimes an inch in length through this prairie of saw grass clear waterways are found here and there their direction is generally southward and any attempt to cross the glades from west to east as was the case with mr ingram's expedition is attended with great hardship and difficulty owing to the southerly trend of the glades proper it sometimes became necessary for the members of the expedition while carrying on their shoulders the camp outfit to cling to the boats to prevent permanent bogging and an awful death in the sticky peat and ooze of the bottom for the white man the passage of the glades means wading poling and portage not infrequently through the densest of the grass through which he sometimes has to blaze his way the indian who has time on his hands accommodates himself to the provisions of nature he follows the path of the open waters and through years of experience has learned the apparently trackless way to his homestead or to the outside world frequently during mr ingram's expedition the entire distance covered by a day of most arduous toil would not exceed two and a half or three miles when night came on nothing but saw grass was in sight and the camp was made on the spot the making of camp consisting merely in cutting away the sawgrass tops to a level spreading out upon them the rubber blankets and over these the clothing for protection and the cheesecloth netting as a safeguard from sandflies and mosquitoes this somewhat uncomfortable mode of camping gave the party opportunities for observing and repeatedly verifying the marvellous growth of the everglade bamboo it was frequently noted that the inner part of the cut grasses grew fully three-fourths of an inch during a single night mosquitoes are plentiful enough and sandflies exist in large numbers but the greatest pest is the alligator flea this creature lives in the glade water and has all the characteristics of his two namesakes he is as strong as the alligator as active as the pulex irritans and his sudden sting has all the directness and keenness of that of the hornet he is an oblong insect brown in colour spongy in substance and about three sixteenths of an inch in length for eight or ten miles on either edge of the glades the conditions change materially thousands of islands varying in size from one-eighth of an acre to several acres greet the eye 
on these islands the soil is phenomenally rich and giant ferns the fronds of which measure twelve feet in length grow upon their edges the virgin forest is composed of the wild lemon wild cucumber and wild orange the dogwood the custard apple the prickly ash and hundreds of other varieties overhead the myrtle and morning glory mingle in tangled masses with countless varieties of tropical vines in the early summer after the annual overflow the entry of the eastern region by the miami river is singularly beautiful where a few weeks before the flood covered everything is now a green prairie and through the green gleam the delicate yellow and pink of numberless orchids the emerald-hued islands are vocal with the songs of birds and one can walk the now dry pathway of the waters keeping time perchance to the diapason of some aged alligator bellowing away in a creek nearby unappreciated and undisturbed the great volume of water in the glades finds many courses to the sea the northern basin empties its surplus into lake okeechobee from which it passes by the distant drainage canal through lake hikpochi and lake flirt into the kalusahatchee river and thence into the gulf in exceptionally wet seasons the northern basin overflows its southern rim and contributes to the volume of the greater southern glade these southern waters pour out through east south and southwest channels some portion of the volume doubtless furnishes the supply for the big cypress swamp the remainder finds outlet through gullivans the chokaluski the fakanachi the chavum the rogers the shark the harney the ingram and numerous smaller rivers and creeks to the south there has not been sufficient exploration to furnish reliable data but the seminole tells of a southern outlet which is doubtless cheese cut and which furnishes the peculiar color of blackwater bay on the east the outlets are numerous beginning with the hillsborough river on the north the great flood finds its way into the atlantic through the middle river cypress creek new river snake river arch creek little river and the miami the islands in the everglades have long been inhabited by the seminole his cypress dugout follows the path of the waters from the outside world to his homestead he lives in comparative civilization choosing some specially high and fertile island he clears away enough of the dense growth to make a garden here he grows bananas sweet potatoes and other vegetables he is reasonably industrious and does his own work leaving it only to hunt or to attend the symbolic dances of the tribe for many years his chief support was derived from the sale of bird pelts and the growing of kunti the arrowroot of florida but the one has been rendered illegal and the other unprofitable his home is usually a somewhat crude hut made of rough boards riven from the log and covered with a thatch of palmetto the women of the seminole are treated as women the rearing of the children and the cares of the household being their only labor as the tribe is gradually diminishing in numbers an abundant game supply is found in the water-bound reservation and in the big cypress swamp deer bear and the wild turkey are found in fair quantity and countless herons and ducks have their perpetual home on the islands the wild cat and the panther are also found in moderate numbers while the alligator is always in evidence with now and then a crocodile the fine array of venomous snakes of the early geographies is not to be found in the eastern glades an occasional moccasin only appearing 
the average distance from the rim of the glades to the coast is on the south and southwest about fifteen miles on the east about six miles and on the west about fifty miles west of the glades lie the okalukuchi slough and the big cypress swamp southwest of the big cypress and south of the everglades exploration is fraught with so many difficulties that the country remains to a large extent unknown along the greater rivers such as fakanachi harney rogers and ingram the land lies very low a little higher usually on the south bank than the north these banks are subject to overflow continuing through a considerable period during the spring this makes the region practically unavailable for settlement the banks of many of these rivers are covered with a growth of black and red mangrove which grow here to the giant sizes comparatively speaking of fifty to seventy-five feet in height and twenty-four to thirty inches in diameter when the mangrove is not present there is a dense hammock growth springing from a soil of wonderful richness composed of muck with an underlying green marl below which the ever-present limestone is found inside the hammock and next to the rim of the glades is the usual prairie fringe on the south coast of the peninsula there is almost no shoreline the dense forests of mangrove have reached out so far into the bays that the shoreline is merely an impenetrable tangle of roots the weight of a man's body is enough to impart a swaying motion to three or four acres of this floating forest off the coast and extending to the northwest for many miles are countless islands or keys these keys are covered with a dense growth of mangrove on the edges while further in the sea grape wild fig pawpaw and buttonwood abound on many of them there have been observed for years what appear to be shell mounds not differing in general appearance from other shell mounds through the narrow sun-kissed channels of these ten thousand islands the sponger the conch and the smuggler sailed for years the settler in search of lands and the sportsman looking for a camp passed them by in contempt but under the mangrove roots and the tangle of vines there slept the civilization of past centuries these keys with their strange shell heaps are cities of the dead and the magic touch of mr frank hamilton cushing has brought them into life at key marco he has brought to light evidences of a culture belonging to the stone age yet surpassing it amazingly in beauty here dwelt a strange people who built sea-walls of shells and made themselves water-courts and temples on the gulf shore working amazing results in pottery and copper with shark's teeth and fish-bones how much more of this early civilization awaits research it is impossible to tell but mr cushing's work has made the southwestern coast of the peninsula a shrine for the student and a mine of wealth for the worker in archaeology it would hardly be possible to imagine in coast conditions a greater contrast than exists between these southern and southwestern coasts of florida and the coast lying to the east of the everglades as one crosses the rim of the glades basin the inevitable prairie is first met with this is of varying width but of remarkable fertility passing eastward it is succeeded by the pineland belt which in turn gives place to a hammock growth that is of its own kind this new hammock fringes the inner shore of bay biscayne which including cards sound has a shoreline of nearly sixty miles 
to the utter surprise of the student of floridian scenery and geology this shoreline is a rocky bluff it is composed of a limestone yet unidentified which when first exposed is soft and friable it gives evidence of a slow still water bedding here and there it contains quantities of small shells exposed it weathers to a rich gray and hardens sufficiently to make excellent building stone in many localities inland for a mile the rock is on the surface but for the most part it is covered with rich vegetable mold the hammock surpasses all others of florida in the variety of its woods the familiar wild mulberry red bay and live oak are here with them grow the wild fig or rubber tree the gumbo limbo ironwood mastic naked wood crabwood and many others scattered along the rocky bluff washed by the crystal blue water of biscayne are great numbers of wild lemons limes and oranges and over them all from tree to tree climbs the vivid green of a giant vining cactus it is here too that the coconut palm sends up its giant plume-like fronds the bamboo transplanted makes itself at home the century plant reckless of weather bears its giant's bloom and the queen of all the trees the royal palm graceful beyond description adds her luxuriance to the tropical beauty of the scene the rocky front of the inshore of bay biscayne is broken by the miami and other rivers flowing out of the everglades a little north of the bay into new river inlet empties new river both of these glade rivers are singularly beautiful their waters clear and limpid are fringed on either shore by all the wild growths of the hammock until they make their way through pine and prairie reflecting every change of scene like mirrors through these rivers the indians come to the frontier to sell their skins and venison the distance from the coast to the glades is from six to eight miles under the overlocking branches of trees that are always green the fall of the miami river as it leaves the glade is about ten feet in nine hundred its mouth fringed with lordly coconuts the miami empties into the bay almost due west of cape florida the southern extremity of key biscayne forms cape florida not far from which is the northern end of the great florida reef south of cape florida here clustered and there widely separated by the oval waters of the southern ocean lies the great system of the florida keys beginning with sands keys passing cards sound barnes sound and the bay of florida until in the extreme south key west sits in her isolation a city of over twenty thousand inhabitants cut off from her sister cities and compelled to be content with a mail twice a week these keys are a study in themselves they vary in size from a point of land to key largo which is twenty-five miles long and from one-eighth of a mile to two miles in width this fringe of the continent forms a safe barrier against the sea and in landlocked waters the voyage from miami to key west whether in midwinter or midsummer is full of comfort charm and beauty the keys are not barren sand wastes as was first supposed but seem to be formed of the same rock as the bluff of biscayne bay they are tropical in plant life genial in climate and fertile almost beyond belief the waters of this summer country are beautiful beyond everything that language or color can express they are for the most part shallow but in their greatest depths one sees through their crystal blue the underlying floor of bay or sound or strait 
This floor is covered by seaweeds in picturesque tangles and sponges of grotesque form, through and above which myriads of fish flit like flashes of electric light. Close by the shores the lazy shark glides along indifferent to your presence. The modest manatee, the strange sea cow, hurries away to deeper water. From the opalescent surface the tarpon springs for his prey, the pompano for his pleasure. Overhead the sun shines brilliantly, but even at midsummer the trade winds blow so surely but so soothingly that there is no sense of heat and certainly none of oppression at any season of the year. The fertility of the southeastern coast region is really beyond description. It presents a variety of soils and lands unequalled. Anything known to the north temperate zone, except wheat, will grow. The vegetables of the ordinary garden mature and ripen at any period of the year. Planting and gathering run side by side winter and summer. It is the natural home for all the citrus family, such as lemons, limes, oranges, citrons, grapefruit and shaddock. The pineapple grows and yields almost without attention. Mangoes, guava, the alligator pear, the sapodilla, the sugar apple, the Japan plum and persimmon, with numerous other tropical fruits, thrive and yield amazingly. The culture of vanilla, camphor, cola, cinchona, cinnamon, and coffee has begun with great promise of success. The eastern edge of the southern Everglade furnishes every condition of soil and climate necessary to the culture of the India rubber tree, and whether the glades are ever drained or not, the islands of their eastern edge will furnish the rubber of future commerce. In this favoured region, frost is entirely unknown. In addition to its southern latitude, it has two potent protectors. Close to its eastern shore courses that nursing mother of the sea, the great gulf stream. Westward, the warm waters of the glades hang a mist veil for fifty miles. In the eastern islands of the glades, the habit of growth shown by the trees proves that frost has never fallen. End of section one.